Welcome to the Fleet Safety Geeks podcast, where we discuss the latest industry trends, best practices, and strategies for keeping your fleet and its drivers safe on the road. Whether you're a fleet manager, safety professional, or a driver yourself, our goal is to provide valuable insights and actionable tips to help you prevent accidents, protect lives, and promote a culture of safety within your organization. From vehicle maintenance and driver training to regulations and technology, we cover it all. Tune in every week as we explore the challenges and opportunities of fleet safety in today's fast-paced, ever-changing world. All right, welcome back to another episode of Fleet Safety Geeks. Um, We have a special guest, Allison Betts, um, on today. Um, Allison has spoken at um, numerous uh, fleet events, including NAFA and I believe AFLA. Allison, you have um, a lot of uh, previous uh, positions you've held as professor, researcher, um, behavioral consultant, clinical director, training training coordinator. All of that sounds amazing. But on top of it, you do have a PhD in applied behavior analysis. Um, You currently are VP of product development, senior consultant with ABA Technologies. Um, That's amazing. And (laughs) and what what what's your um, interest in in speaking with with uh, fleet industry events? Yeah, so I started speaking with um, fleet and at events, I think like 10 years ago now. Um, I was invited by my father, Matthew Betts, to come speak. And he said, you know, this is an industry where I think that they will get a lot out of understanding driver behavior better. Um, So I started looking into it. There's some behavioral research on working with lone workers and improving their behavior and particularly uh, drivers as well. It it poses a unique challenge when you're trying to influence behavior of a driver when they're on their own, you're not there. And, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have the technology to be able to even watch what they were doing. So a lot of it was self-report. So that's how I got interested. And then I started doing some research and looking into it and um, really wanted to educate people in the industry about how to positively influence behavior. Well, I I think it's great. I've been to one of your sessions. It was an amazing session. So really looking forward to this conversation today. Phil, it's been a while. We've been busy. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing? Doing really well. Yeah, thank you. Now, my only concern uh, with having Allison on here is that she might uh, analyze us a bit, Bob, and find out that we really are crazy, okay? So... (laughs) But uh, we, no, we, Allison, we could probably use it. I, I, I use tips after. Don't worry, <laughs> Allison. I've seen you present uh, a number of times. I think I was probably at the first one you may have done ten years ago because I'm like old. Uh, but it's uh, I've always enjoyed and gotten quite a lot out of your uh, out of your sessions. And I and I think getting into the psyche of the driver is so important because there are just people. They just don't get it, you know. They, 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 they have, I think, tendencies that 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 will cause them to to have issues on the road, mm-hmm. and and so I think the work and the research that you do is just so important. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting is you say, you know, the, the tendencies, and we we've kind of chatted about this, um, and the the behavioral theory for why we do what we do really looks at the environment. And so what in the environment is is getting them to do or um, supporting 
those poor behaviors or good behaviors, right? Um, so the tendencies, um, when we talk about tendencies, it's cues in our environment, it's triggers that have us do that. You know, our cell phones, the, the technology these days are fantastic, but it's also right at our fingertips. And it's so easy to just get any information we want. Something comes in your head, oh, who sings that song, right? You can grab your phone and, and do it. And so um, it's really adjusted how our attention span and how we think and how we behave and with it being right there and so easily accessible, that's a trigger. You know, the phone rings, the, the text being comes up, the song comes on, anything. Those are triggers for us to engage in certain behaviors. So it's really looking at the environment that um, will help understand why we do what we do. You know, with, with you saying that, I have a, a question then for you, and, and I don't mean to put you on the spot or anything, but you said about attention spans. Do you think that that our having that immediate access to knowledge, you know, just look it up on my phone. Do you think that really, that may have a, uh, an effect on, on our attention span? And, and, and then how does that translate to driving? Because you have to pay attention when you're driving. Yeah, I think, I don't know about, I mean, attention span maybe, and this isn't my area of research, but I think what a lot of what happens is we're able to easily access a lot of reinforcers and reinforcing things on our phone, right? So if we're bored, our phone's right there, we can play a game, we can look at our social media, we can check our email, we can text somebody. And so I think what happens in terms of attention is like when we're driving or trying to um, concentrate on a single task is we get bored. If it's something we don't like, we get bored and we have access to our fun reinforcing things right next to us, right? So I think what it yeah. is, is it's it's so reinforcing and people will say addicting, right? That um, if it's there, we're gonna use it. And so it's really, it takes some, some self-control and discipline to not pick up that phone. And, you know, I even have friends who my age, you know, who have went out and purchased a manual shift car just because then they have to use their hands. So it avoids them. It, 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 then they can't use their phone, right? So they, they are, they are changing their environment to make it where they won't just pick up their phone. They don't get bored because they have to actually be attending to what they're doing. Wow. From, from the original, um, you know, the Blackberry that came out, the big, the big, square thing that was in a plastic, you know, thing that, you know, you'd put on your, your belt or whatever. And um, I had one, everybody called it the, <laughs> I had one, they called it the crackberry because you were instantly, you were instantly getting reprogrammed. And I think that we are getting programmed um, to, as soon as it vibrated or whatever, you're checking it, just constantly checking it. Um, and now we have, you know, our smartphones and it just seems like we always have to uh, pick it up. Uh, you have the phantom vibration and you check it and mm -hmm. it didn't even, you know, yeah. uh, uh, go off. But, you know, you mentioned getting bored. What do you do? You grab your phone, you look at social media, you do whatever. We shouldn't be getting bored while driving. Right. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's the biggest problem we have. You know, I love changing your environment and driving a stick shift. I had mm -hmm. a stick shift for a while and it was great. Um, except I couldn't drink coffee while I was shifting and I was frustrated <laughs> about that. I, I do not have You're my phone me, on when You're driving. You're killing me here. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on you can't have coffee while you're driving <laughs> oh, i'm not so. eating a sandwich 
coffee is the least of the concern. I see people putting on their yeah. makeup while they're eating a sandwich and, and on yep. the phone. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Reading. But, yeah. but yeah, the, the phones definitely are a problem and there's a lot of behavior analysis you can do with that. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest problems we're dealing with in the industry mm -hmm. um, right now is, is the preventable crashes that people are having from, from that distraction. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what, what are some of the sessions that you have had um, related to mostly distractions or um, just um, what people are doing behind the wheel or? A lot of, so what I, what I usually talk about and um, even, even talking about next, next month at, at Nets is um, what drives driver behavior. So going back to like, what, what are the reasons we choose to do what we do. So if you look at behavior as a choice, we, some people are like, well, I don't have a choice. Well, you, you do technically have a choice and what you do really is dependent on what's going on around you. And so what I try and get into is both for the driver, but also for the supervisors, um, the fleet managers, what are we doing? What are we, um, what conditions are we putting the drivers in? that will influence their behavior. So moving on beyond cell phones, um, things like speeding, right? So why does somebody choose to speed when they know it's against the law, they shouldn't do it. If they get a ticket, they might, um, you know, have disciplinary action at work. It's looking at the reasons behind that. So although the organization is saying, don't speed, be safe, drive safe, are your, are your behaviors of the supervisor in that organization actually supporting that? Is it, I have to speed because I have a quota of getting to X number of offices for my sales calls. And if I don't meet the quota, I don't get my bonus. I get in trouble. So there's these competing things going on. We call them competing contingencies. I speed, I meet my quota, I make my boss happy, I get my bonus. I go the speed limit, I may not meet my quota, and I might get in trouble, but at least I won't get a ticket. So now you have this choice, like you're weighing out as a driver, what's the likelihood of getting a speeding ticket? The problem with some of the, the risky driving is that the outcomes, the poor outcomes, the tickets, the crashes are so unlikely. And this is with safety in general. Those big events are so exactly. unlikely that it's not going to influence our behavior, right? Or it's so far in the future. So the outcome is delayed. So more immediate outcome is make my boss happy, meet my quota. That is, that's more immediate. That's what's going to control our behavior. Or the, the size of the outcome, right? So I really need that bonus. I want to go on that vacation. I have to meet those quotas. So you really have to look both at the driver, why they're, why they're making the choice, but what conditions are we putting the drivers in that are going to have them make those choices? So that's awesome. kind of where I'm going with some of the, the talks of how we can support drivers better. I'm, I'm so happy to hear you saying these things. Okay. <laughs> I've, done analysis, you know, and um, I work for a, a big company that, you know, I looked at the district, just drilling it down to the districts. And I saw where there would be a district manager 
who wherever they go in, crash rate starts ticking up. When they leave, it goes back down. Wherever they go, it goes back up. So you are spot, absolutely spot on. And then also your your statement about, well, you know, I, I always say, well, you get away with it, right? You get away with speeding. You get away with impaired driving. Get away with using your phone until you don't, exactly. you know? And, and, and that's where people get a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm so happy to hear you saying these things and that you're going to present that. And I, and I do want to point out, you are going to be presenting at NETS this year, which I am extremely looking forward to. So thank you for doing that. Um, we had uh, Susan uh, from, from NETS, uh, executive director from NETS on as a guest. So uh, you're, you're in great company here. Uh, not Bob and I, Susan. Uh, but yeah it's so important that you're bringing these things out because i mean we just can't say it enough it and it comes down to the organization's culture of safety do they have it or don't they right Mm -hmm. and and it has to be a top-down um you know culture you know so if it's not important to the ceo it's not going to be important to the vps it's not going to be important to the region managers it's not going to be important to the district managers it has to be a top-down thing so yeah establishing that and stating the obvious which you just did i mean and getting that that word out there i think it's so important for these organizations to to start doing the right things and not put their drivers in a position where it's unsafe for them so let's talk about what you said earlier, though, Allison, and Phil, it's going to support what you said is um, the competing contingencies. I love that. Yeah. That that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense because you're going to hear from top down, do what drives revenue, do what lowers costs. Mm-hmm. That is your your demand. You know, that's what I'm saying, do. And then we also say, hey, we have a culture of safety and we want to make sure everybody stays safe and is not injured and is safe behind the wheel which which one wins out you know and that's that's what everybody's facing in the field and and yeah. we need to figure out how to and i love it from the manager point of view too we keep looking at the driver and putting everything on the driver but if the manager has a bad management style and is allowing it well then everything's out the window yeah and i think i mean so that's what um you know, the company I work for, we do a lot of um, training and learning and development. Um, but we take a, like a 360 approach with it in that you can't just train, you can't just put it on the driver and say, okay, you know how to drive, you know the rules, you know the policy, it's on you, right? And so you have to really take the, and really break down everything like like Phil, you were saying from top down and how does each decision you make, each policy, each incentive you put in, all of those things, how does it influence other behaviors, right? And so when you're working with an, when we work with an organization, we do some of that um, consultative approach with leadership as well of like, okay, you have revenue as one of your KPIs, right? You, that's usually top, right? But what about your safety values? What are your safety measures? And how do they work together? Because if you push one, what happens to the other? Everything is interconnected. And so seeing how that works and breaking that down piece by piece to really see what is the value and where is that middle ground? Um, We need to make sure they're being safe. So can they realistically meet their revenue goals, their quotas, their daily um, uh, sales trips, whatever it might be, 
while staying safe? Is it realistic? And then we have to adjust accordingly. So it really, you have to look at the big picture. And I think sometimes people have a very isolated view of safety and say, this is a policy. They have to drive this way. And they're not thinking about everything else that influences the behavior. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, what, what else have um, you kind of been working on in the fleet industry in terms of <laughs> driver behavior or management behavior or safety? Yeah. So the other thing that I'm really interested in is the technology. So um, the tech has come so far and we have so much data at our fingertips. So um, being able to use the um, telematics dashboards where you can get their speed, their acceleration, hard braking, but then also the cameras, right? The, now it's a lot about the dash cameras and recording from if there's an incident before and after some of the some of the companies that I see in the, the products out there are doing where they are recording second by second. And so they're capturing not just the the poor driver behavior, but the good behavior, too. And that's what I like to see, yeah. because you could look at it as. I'm going to put even with the telematics, right, I'm going to show number of hard breaks. I'm going to show your how much, how many times you go over 80 miles an hour, whatever it might be. But what about the good behaviors too, right? And so we're missing those opportunities. Um, so you need to focus on both. It's important to focus on, on the, those risky and dangerous behaviors. But a really good system for safety is going to encourage more of the positive behaviors, right? More of those behaviors that we want to see um, so instead of just saying, don't do that, we're saying, don't do that and keep doing more of this. Right. So how we use the data is something I'm really interested in and in educating, um, companies and leaders on what to do with the data. You have all the data, data alone. And even if the employee has access to that data is not going to change behavior. It's what you do with the data and how you use it to, uh, to support those better driver choices. So that's the other thing I'm really interested in. I, that's going to be really fun to start digging into and being able to, to really show how to use the data. And then the analysis portion is even way more fun as, as a science geek that I am and a researcher is looking into patterns and practices. Like Phil, you were saying, you notice this pattern of a district manager goes in crashes go up. So there's something there, right? And so being able to hone in and understand and then adjust those contingencies and in the conditions and, and uh, policy, everything that supports driver behavior based on the data um, until you get the outcomes you want. Allison, again, just love hearing all of this, okay? Because, you know, carrot and stick, right? If you're just whacking them with the stick all the time, it's not going to work, right? You do have to reinforce those good behaviors, right? And I'm so, again, I'm so glad to hear you saying this and bringing this forward because it's, it's just, if, well, so, you know, being a safety manager, if the only time you ever hear from that person is when it's bad, yeah. that's not good. Right. I mean, so I, I, um, man, I, I just, I just love hearing you say all these things and, and again, um, helping organizations get there. You know, uh, and 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 looking at it from that telematics, so so eighty percent of the time you're driving great, 
right? But that 20%, that's what we need to focus on. Yeah. You know, so really, I think that's a really, really important point that you make. Yeah. And it's what we have a kind of subspecialty in, in our fields called behavior-based safety. Um, and it, so it's across all industry um, and it focuses on the positive. It's supposed to be a, it's a safety process that is reinforcing and positive, not punishing. And the outcomes that people get, organizations get when they implement a system like that, it's a lot of observation, feedback and reinforcement. So yes, we do point out the potential risky behaviors, but you're also focusing on the things that they do well. And so I think we need to kind of take that framework into driver behavior. In in the past, that was very difficult because they were by themselves. We can't sit in the car with them every single time, even 20, 30% of their time and say, oh, you did that right. You did that right. Because of course we're in the car. They're going to change their behavior, but also we don't have the resources, right? But now with the data you can. And so instead of just doing the behavioral coaching or any kind of driver coaching, when they are risky, why not have regular check-in meetings to review data, weekly checks, Yes, we have dashboards, they can see it, but it, that's different than a supervisor meeting with you and say, hey, like you did this, this, and this well, I see your speeding is still a little bit high in certain contexts. Let's talk about why that's happening. Right. Um, what, are, what, what, what can we do to improve that? And that's where you have that conversation and you hear from the driver where they say, well, that's usually when I go home and I have to get home to my kids soccer game or whatever it might be. And I have to finish my report at the office at five o'clock and that's not giving me enough time. That's a perfect opportunity for the supervisor to say, okay, how can we help adjust this? Safety is our priority. Let's figure out how you can get your report done, your post drive check, your, your vehicle maintenance check, whatever it is, and still get home safely without speeding. Yeah, on time. So it, that conversation and those those more frequent check ins is going to help a ton. That that again, fantastic for anybody watching this podcast. You work for a company, you manage seriously. Come to Nets, watch Allison, contact her because you need this stuff. Okay, this is really important. Um, I, again, just spot on. I, I'm so glad you came on um, with us. Thank you for having um, me. This I think so you're bringing fun. out some 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 extremely, you know, just, just it seems like common sense, right? But uh, yes. organizations well, don't have that common sense. So, you know, and I'm hearing it's not even you're not even just talking about driver behavior. Mm-mm. I mean, this this is actually very valuable um, for for changing, you know, working on the behavior of the managers of the drivers right. and, yes. and, you know, being able to adjust so that the driver's not under all the pressure. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I love that. And, and telematics too. I, we use telematics for drivers who enter our safety program based on a points system. So we don't have telematics in every vehicle, but when we do put it in a vehicle of someone who is starting to increase in risk level, we do see that their score starts really low. And then it changes and and plateaus and stays really good. Now it has you know certain you know audio indicators inside, so every time they do something wrong, it beeps, and then they you know can change that behavior. Um, but it's only we notice it's only effective when the manager actually works with them monthly when they get the scorecard. 
um, because if they don't work with them, the scores really don't change. So that's another, yep. um, you know, behavior that should be implemented mm -hmm. by the manager. Yeah, because um, it's it's like anything where the, the data and even the audio noises, we habituate to it, we get used to it, right? Mm -hmm. And if we realize that no one's watching, nothing's going to happen, our behavior is going to slide back. Like, it might be good for a while. And then there's that one time where they, oh, I really have to speed. They for, or forget that they're being watched. They speed, nothing happens. Right. Ooh, okay, now I can do it again, right? And so they, again, they, what, what the, what are those outcomes, those reinforcers, the consequences that they're coming in contact with more immediately? It's going to, it's going to, to control really control the behavior. I don't like using that word, but it really does. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, hey, yeah, thank you for coming on. This has been a great conversation. Um, yes. Love it. And I love how we're not just picking on the drivers. We need to you know, have some accountability for our managers now too. Exactly. But um, you said you're going to be at NETS. Where else can people find you, see you? Um, how can we, you know, see more of your presentations in the fleet industry? What do you have? Yeah, so um, NETS is my next one. I will be attending APLA again, just as a as a patron this time. So if people are going to APLA, they can they can find me. Um, and then I don't have anything um, right now for presenting on the books that would be after NETS, but uh, happy to reach out. Um, we can put my contact information um, uh, on the description or whatever you want to do for that. Um, if people want to to reach out to me, we have a lot of um, kind of basic training of safety uh, processes and things on our website too. But um, I'm happy to to come back and talk into I can talk about this forever. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, there's the Fleet Safety Conference coming up. They changed the name. It's like some Fleet Forum or something. That would be a good one, maybe, if you can get in someday. I don't know if, oh, if yeah. they... I am doing, I forgot I am doing, I just um, signed on to do a, a, like, kind of as a moderator for, it's called the Executive um, Transportation Executive Summit in Florida, in Orlando, okay. yeah. um, with Samba Safety and Sunbelt. They're putting this on for executives yeah. and kind of talking about what's working and what's not working. So, I'll be talking and kind of leading discussion on um, that topic, like what's, what's really moving your needle in the right direction as an organization for driver safety. And that's yeah, September 21st, I believe. Per perfect. We'll, we'll get with you and we'll put some of that in the description. Um, but I think it'd be great if we could make you like a mainstay at AFLA or NAFLA, NAFLA and just yeah. kind of make sure you're there every year, putting something out there and, and getting uh, some of this message out to um, uh, yeah. the drivers and managers. So that would be great. I haven't been to NAFLA in a while. So I, I think it was like every couple of years. And so maybe that's where I first saw you. Yeah. 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 And I, I will say that um, uh, I, I have told your dad this, Matt Betts, but um, he's one of my favorite people in the industry. Uh, he's a great public speaker himself. And I love it when he puts presentations on. So um, that was the main reason I came to your first one that I saw. And, and, and your presentation is, is equally as um, 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 good. It's, it's really nice to listen to. So um, everybody can get, gain some, uh, some knowledge from it. So I think it's awesome. Um, love to see it in AFLA more often. Any closing thoughts there, Phil? No, I just, I'll look, I'll see you at AFLA, uh, Allison, and I'll see you at NET. So I look forward to, you know, continuing our conversations. Uh, and, and, and thank you for saying that you're a geek because the, 
our podcast is the fleet safety geeks though we appreciate that uh, you know geeks unite um but uh, no thanks for coming on and thanks for bringing this very important information to uh to the to the public because uh well we just got to keep beating the drum got to get the crashes down so thanks yeah. yeah thank you for having me anytime yeah no that sounds good well thank you and uh we'll, we'll talk soon